Hello and welcome to the Rules of Engagement podcast, the podcast from Voting Counts that's all about political engagement. My name's Rachel and I'm the founder of Voting Counts and your host for this podcast. Since this is our first podcast, let me tell you a little bit more about Voting Counts. So we're an organisation run completely by young adults that aims to help fellow young adults get informed before they go and vote. So we have complete guides to elections, we help you compare political parties, and we also give you a list of reasons why it's so important to vote. We hope that these podcasts will be a great addition to the resources we already offer. We're looking to speak to people from all over the political spectrum who work in different areas of politics to find out how you as young adults can get more engaged with your representatives, can get more engaged with the political system to make sure that you're having your voices heard. For our first episode, we're kicking off with a big one. We're talking to Arik Chowdhury from Webroots Democracy, a campaign that is looking to get voting online so that you don't have to go to your polling station or post your postal ballot. You can go online, log in and cast your ballot from your laptop in your room, from your bed if you want to. Joining me to interview Arik is David Murray, who is one of our senior political correspondents from Voting Counts, but he's also a politics and history student at Brunel University. If you'd like to find out more information, please visit www.votingcounts.org.uk or follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Voting Counts UK. So today we are joined by Arik from Webroots Democracy. Hello. And David, one of the senior political correspondents from Voting Counts. Hello. So a general election was announced last week, and it was a bit of a shock to us all. Um, what did you guys think about it? Well, I was just watching uh, TV, as you do, woke up in the morning, um, had a big pile of washing in the corner, went downstairs to uh, you know, put it all in the machines and things like that, and uh, came back, and suddenly there was a general election on <laughs> the 8th of June. Yeah. What about you, Arik? I actually thought it was a good thing. I thought yeah. it was a good thing in, in terms of democracy in the way that so much has changed yeah. in terms of the political landscape. But I was just so shocked, especially how soon the date is. Exactly. Do you think um, young people are going to turn out for this election? I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, I hope, I hope so, so too. They always talk about a post-referendum bounce mm. in terms of people participating. But Do you think there's going to be voter fatigue? We've had like two major votes in the last couple of years. It'll be interesting to see if people actually turn out for this. I think there'll be voter fatigue for the local elections, Yeah. which I imagine turnout will be incredibly low. Yeah. People argue that in previous elections there hasn't been much choice mm. between the political parties. They're all the same. You can't argue now Yeah. we have parties that are the same. It's literally almost two extremes on mm. either side. So turnout could be high, but a lot of people seem to think it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, and I think these days it's a bit of a, a mugs game to try and predict... Predicting turnout, because yeah. we all thought it was going to be up last general election, and then it turned out to be a percentage point lower. Well, my prediction would be 58%. 58%, is that your prediction? <laughs> That's very specific. <laughs> um, so, Arik, you think you've got the answer to getting young people engaged in voting, basically. Tell us about Webroots. I think I have an answer. <laughs> an answer being that... We need to introduce online voting in elections. And the reason for that is, yes, it will help, in my opinion, encourage mm-hmm. younger people to vote, mainly because if you think about, for example, this general election, the people who will be voting for the first time, 18 and 19-year-olds, will have been born in, what, 98, 99? Mm-hmm. Therefore, they would have lived their entire lives knowing nothing other than a world of social media and smartphones. The idea, therefore, that 
they should have to go and post a letter, something that many of them, I imagine, probably have never done in their lives, or queue up at a village hall to vote, I think is, is will be alien to them. And I think with the advantages of social media and the way that people engage with services in their lives, online voting will encourage younger voters, I think, to vote. And our, our research showed after the EU referendum that another 1.2 million younger voters would have voted. Really? Gosh. And so have you worked much with Parliament to try and get online voting in? Yes, so we have a group of political ambassadors. So Mm -hmm. we have MPs from eight different political parties, plus Douglas Carswell. Okay. (laughs) Of course, no longer with a political party. Um, And I think there is a lot of support on certain sides of the House. So, for example, the Labour Party did commit to it to an extent Mm-hmm. before 2015 uh, my main priority would be to work on the Conservative Party um, and get a lot more of their MPs behind that game understanding the reasons for it I mean we mentioned young people but this will also benefit voters abroad uh, mm-hmm. voters in the armed services uh, voters with disabilities and vision impairments there's yeah. a lot of groups that will benefit from modernising the I think that's really important especially with the disabled um, voters because I read stats that it was like uh, two in three polling stations aren't accessible so online voting could really help them kind of engage in the electoral process. Uh, absolutely. It's, it's something that Scope, the charity, a disability charity, has been calling for for a number of years. Um, the Royal London Society for the Blind has also called for it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely the will behind it. It's just, like with any, any democratic reform, it's very, very difficult to mm-hmm. change what is a winning system for, for governing parties. Um, to play devil's advocate here, what would you say to those people who said that online voting is a potential risk to uh, democracy and that it can be uh, easily infiltrated um, by external forces. I would argue the point that it can be easily infiltrated (laughs) for for starters. Um, First of all, this is already being done in a a number of countries around the world. It's been done in Australia, who have have started rolling it out a lot more in recent years, and it's been done in Estonia since 2005 and in Switzerland. So it has been done and been shown to work. Also, in this country, every single major political party uses online voting for their own internal elections. Um, Before Andrea Ledson dropped out of the Conservative leadership race, for example, the Conservative Party are going to use online voting to elect our next Prime Minister. Um, And in terms of a comparison, online voting has to be looked at within the current context of voting systems. So if you look at, for example, postal voting, and there's nothing really securing your vote other than a gummed, a gummed envelope. <laughs> yeah. Um, with online voting, there, there are so many processes that are put in place to encrypt your vote and uh, detach the vote from the user. And also, with online voting, you have safeguards against risks that people aren't don't tend to think about, things like uh, voter intimidation and vote buying. Mm-hmm. So in Estonia, for example, they use something called repeat voting, where you can vote multiple times within your last vote counting, and that's to guard against, for example, me telling you to vote a certain way or me giving you money to uh, buy your, your postal ballot off you. Um, so you have those safeguards mm-hmm. on board, and I would argue the barrier to committing electoral fraud with paper systems is a lot lower than it is to hack a government online secure website. So when do you see <laughs> online voting being available in the UK? Optimistically. Well, originally I was working towards 2020. So <laughs> the good thing about this election is that it's brought another couple of years. Yeah. Hopefully. The deadline's been pushed back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
optimistically, I would say five to ten years. Okay. A lot of people think that's a long time, but... Keeps you in business for a while. Yeah, and I would, I would say, realistically, when you have pilots, and you have the yeah. legislation, and then you... Yeah. Never mind the fact that we need to campaign and mm. change people's minds on this issue. You're looking at ten years, I would yeah, say. A fundamental democratic reform in yeah. society doesn't... Doesn't, doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. He's going to take those, those. I found out the other day that the campaign for proportional representation started in eighteen, in the late eighteen hundreds. I think. Really. Yeah, I saw, I saw some of the minutes from their original meeting. Oh god. So you're thinking about trying to raise some more money for Web Roots. Do you want to talk us through your plans? Yeah, we're planning to launch a crowdfunding campaign uh, following the local council elections, mm-hmm. um, and running into the general election and, and afterwards, mainly because. Um, yeah, we don't have many costs in Webroots, but we do want to raise money to support our research and pay for uh, volunteer expenses, for example. Um, and this will be launching on Crowdpack in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Oh, fantastic. Um, you'll see details again on webrootsdemocracy.org. And I saw that you were on the BBC the other day talking about it. Do you want to tell yes. us about that? So, yeah, we were on a BBC Click, which I don't know if you watched that. It's a technology news program, yeah. News24. Um, yeah, so there's a company called Smartmatic, which have... Uh, developed a method of verifying the voter's identity by taking a selfie. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting, so it's facial recognition technology <laughs> similar to what you have at um, the border at uh, Heathrow, for example, with, it, with right. e-passports. Um, it's interesting, yeah, so we were just talking about the, the benefits of online voting. It's do you think short. a selfie over online voting, what do you think is going to work best? You never know. I mean, <laughs> there's, there's lots of ways to, to verify voter identity. I mean, that's one way. So if people want to get involved in this campaign for online voting, how can they kind of get in contact with you? How can they get involved in Webroots as an organisation? So to get in contact, visit our website, webrootsdemocracy.org. We're planning to recruit three or four volunteers and hopefully an intern. Soon there'll be a lot of opportunities to get involved. We're also uh, hosting an event in 23rd of May at Newspeak House in Shoreditch, which is our three-year anniversary event. Fantastic. Event, so if you want to come, and who's speaking at that? So we've got Douglas Carswell, um, obviously the uh, co-founder of Vote Leave. And we have Romilly Dennis, who is the executive director of Kodak, which is the sort of voice for tech startups in the UK. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Hey guys, David here. We hope you enjoyed our chat with the man himself, Arik, head of Webroots Democracy. As Rachel said at the beginning, this is our first ever podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you'll join us for the next episode. There are many more to come. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to email us or get in contact with us through our website. www.votingcounts.org.uk or follow us on Twitter or Facebook at Voting Counts UK. See you in the next one.